0: morning. Good morning. morning. Anybody excited this morning? Come on. Come on. I know know Mark said you feel like a good nap after that worship session, but this ain't nap time. Amen? Tell somebody, this ain't nap time. All right. Before we get started with the word, I just want to honor. I I want to honor somebody and I want to just have, I I want to bring attention to somebody because I think it it deserves it. It's good to honor people when they should be honored. Amen? So, we, I, I just found out this weekend that we have one of our family members here that se- is celebrating last weekend 18 years clean. Come on. Come on. Can we rejoice with, with... Saul, would you stand up, my brother? Can I get a couple of men around him real quick? Come on. Yeah, let's, let's celebrate him. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, for what you've done, God. We thank you that what the enemy meant for destruction, God, you're bringing for good, Lord God, and you're working together for good. Right now, we just lift them up, God. We stand with them as family. We celebrate them, Lord. We rejoice with victory today, Lord God, and we we, we thank you, Lord, and we, we say that let the, the next years of his life be greater than the past, Lord God. Father, let, 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 let your glory be revealed in his life lord be with him speak with him bring him to another level with you god bring him to a closeness with with you lord god i thank you that he can stand and shine and be a minister to those that i could never speak to to those that many of us could never identify with so father we just ask for your, your your greatness to well up within him, lord god we ask, God, that you would shine through him in a way like never before. I pray, God, that when he's alone, that he would feel your presence with him. I pray that when he calls out to, to you, that, that you would answer to him quickly, Lord God. I thank you, Lord. Let his prayers be be answered, Lord God. Whatever would hinder his prayer life, whatever would would stop him from moving forward, I I break it and I lock it and I seal it right now in Jesus' name. And I break the curse over his life. I break anything that would hinder him in Jesus' name. We lift him up and we ask you to flow freely in and through him in Jesus' name. amen. 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 And amen. We love you, bro. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Ain't no high like the most high. Amen? Amen. All right. So get yourselves comfortable. Everybody comfortable. We ready for the word this morning? Good. Stand up. Come on. <clears throat> Reading from the message this morning, Romans 8:26. Romans 8, starting in verse 26. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition. And keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God causes all things to work together for good for those that love God. Verse 29 God knew what He was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. The Son stands first in the line of humanity that He restored. We see the original and the intended shape of our lives in Him. After God made that decision of what His children should be like, He followed it up by calling people by name after he called them by name he set them on a solid basis with himself and then after getting them established he stayed with them to the end gloriously completing what he had begun philippians 1:6 he who began a good work in you will carry it unto completion somebody say amen, amen. as you see it tell somebody if he started it He's going to finish it. Amen. Wow. Anybody grateful that he began a good work in you? Listen, it could, be, it could have been 10 years ago. It could have been this week. It could have been 25 years ago. God said, if I started something in you, I'm going to finish it. Amen. Amen. And we've been reading and preaching and talking and learning and teaching on his promises. We know that his promises are yes and amen. And so if so, God says it, I'm taking it to the bank. Amen? So, all right, we've been talking about God's promises. We're, we're almost done with this series. And, and in particular, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about the promise that God made Abraham or Abram, which was a promise that would reach all the way to you and me today. So that promise that God made Abraham is a promise that extends all the way to me, to you, to our sons and our daughters. Amen? So we left off last week. Let me just remind you the promise. This is the promise that God made to Abraham. He told them, told go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. In Abraham all of the families of the earth shall be blessed blessed amen so through this promise god says all of the families are going to be blessed all of those that believe we've become family in the faith and we we're blessed in in and through that promise amen so we've been talking about god's promises and reading promise after promise after promise how many of you have been secretly in your head saying okay god so bless me already anybody right no right some of you are too holy i know you don't but, but those of you that like to keep it real, you're like saying, yeah, that sounds good, that sounds good, that sounds good. I like that one too about the money. I like that one too about... But do it already. God bless me. Anybody? Bless me already. See, I love hearing about the promises of God. I love sharing. I love reading through the scriptures and seeing everything that God has for me, right, for us. The problem that we have is that the minute we hear about it, we want it and we want it now right how many of you know I I want it in a microwave minute right and and the problem with us is that we we're, we're, we're microwave Christians right we we're used to man. how many of you complain when the micro, say, microwave takes two minutes you're sitting there looking at it like really two minutes I gotta put it in the microwave a whole two minutes right and and so we want things fast, man, and so we hear about these promises and and we want them, but the problem is, is is' not that God wants to bless us, that God doesn't want to bless us; He said he wants to bless us, He gave us his promises, He said the promises for us is for you, so he does want to bless us, so what's the problem? The problem is that we're not always ready. we're not always prepared. For the promise that God has for us. So I want to share a message with you today titled, Prepared for Promise. Prepared for Promise. Listen church, more often than not, this is going to be hard to hear, the wanting, the waiting, the standing still, the starting over, the going through, is actually a part of the promise being prepared in you. (laughs) That's good stuff. (laughs) We don't always like to hear that, but that's good stuff. Sometimes the starting over, right? The going through, the the, I'm back again to where I started. All of that is part of God preparing you for that promise. So, alright, so, right. so Abram got promised a blessing if he would go from his people to the land that God would show him, right? We talked about that, and then I, 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 let you, I let you in on it that he went, but he took some of his people with him. God said, leave your kindred, take your family, leave your kindred, go from among them, leave your father's house. God, right? And Abraham did all that, but he took Lot with him. He did go, but he picked up and he left with Lot. And, and church, we do that all the time, don't we? We know what God wants us to do, but we do it our way. And we figure as long as we do it our way, as long as we do what God wants us to do, it doesn't matter if we do it our way. Right? Anybody? So, so a lot of us, we, 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 we take a little bit of what God wants and we mix it with our lot. Come on, somebody catch the wording there. That's funny. We go, but we take our lot too. So Abraham took a lot with him, and, and that caused him a lot of trouble. It caused him a lot of heartache. It caused him a lot of disappointment. Amen? See, when we decide to follow after God and trust him, we have to leave our lot out of the promise. So Abraham goes to where, where God wants him to go, and, and like I told you, there was a famine in the land, right? And so he gets to where God wants him to, and the decision is stay, starve, and trust God. Or go where there's food and there's plenty, eat and trust me. We already know what Abraham did, right? He does his thing. And, and we ended last week with Abram Abraham getting kicked out of Egypt. And now he's back in the land of Canaan. He goes back to Bethel, back to where he started. All this time wasted. There's nothing recorded good that happened in Egypt. Nothing that that, that we can say, oh man, that was good and that worked. No, God will use everything according and and make everything good according to his purposes. But it doesn't mean we have to go through all the things that we go through. Amen? Amen. Sometimes a lot of the things that we go through we you could tell people, oh, that's just you know God had to get no God didn't have to do nothing. God chose to bless you even in your stubbornness, but it doesn't mean you had to God didn't ordain that stubbornness for you amen yeah. can we be I, I know when it gets quiet that means we we stepping on toes, so it's good so but 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 here's what I want you to be rejoiced about today god if you find yourself 15 years in, in, in church, 15, you know, I've been a Christian for 10 years. I've been a Christian five years. I hear all kinds of complaints. And, and I've been waiting for this. And here I am back to where I started. Maybe you fell off and you left for a long time and now you're coming back and you're like, man, here I am. And, and you come and you have an awesome worship experience like this morning and you're loving and worshiping. But you're realizing, man, here I am back to where I'm back at square one. I'm back to where I started. I want to encourage you and let you know that's not a bad place to be. When we're back to where we started, that just means, listen, I'm bringing you back. God is saying, I'm spotting you. I got you. Let's try it again. Amen? Anybody ready to try it again? Knowing, knowing that God is with you, knowing that he, he said, I, I got you. You know when, when, when gymnasts are doing the flips and stuff and there's a spotter and, and he has his hand right on the person's back so that, so that when they try the backflip, the spotter gives them a little push and, and helps them over and, and stops them from falling on their neck and breaking their necks, right? God is saying, I'm spotting you, I got you. So if you find yourself back to, to where you started from, that's a good place to be. Say amen. Let's try it again. So now they're, they're back, and, and so that he's back where he's supposed to be, and, and understand something that we, we, we don't really notice and we don't hear about a lot whenever this story is mentioned. The Bible tells us that Abram has been blessed, even in his mess. How many of you know God will bless you in your mess sometimes? And, and it's just the grace of God that He'll bless you in your mess. And so it, the, the word tells us, even though he lied, right? He said, no, that's not my wife. She's a Hadi. She's my sister. Cause don't kill me and take my sister. You know, don't, don't. And so he lied. He, he, even though he was trying to do things on his own way, even in his own unfaithfulness, because see, at the center of this whole narrative, the whole story of, of Abraham is not about Abraham's faithfulness. It's about God's grace and about God's faithfulness. The whole story of Abraham is not so that we can say, Abraham, the hero, the father of our faith. No. Here's a Simba like all of us. Right? The, the narrative is really so that we can say, look at God. Look at what God did through Abraham. Look at God's faithfulness through this story. Right? So Abraham is still blessed. But the Word tells us, Genesis 13 too, it says, Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock, and in silver, and in gold. How many of you say, I'll take it. I'll take it. Very well. I love the very. You know what very means in the Greek? A lot. Very. It means very. I don't know how else to explain it, but it means mucho. It means it means a lot. Mucho is Greek. It means... Anyway. You, you understand. You understand he become very wealthy so so listen even though god had promised that he would be a great nation and god had promised that he would you know that through him all the families of the earth would be blessed at this point years later still abram has no children at this point years later he's getting older and sarah is still barren sarah got no baby bumps at all right she still has no children she's getting older and older and they're even getting to the point where they're like beyond childbearing years. So how many, how many know when 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 there's a promise that God gives us and it looks like this is like ridiculous? There's no there's no possible way this promise. I must have heard wrong. Somebody must have told me wrong in a prophetic room. Somebody somebody must have prayed wrong over my life because that, somebody that must be wrong because there's no way. She's old. I'm old. She's getting old, and 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 there's no way. But. But here's what we have to look at right here. Abram is still blessed. He now has silver and gold and livestock. As a matter of fact, his group has gotten so large that when they get back to, to, to the place where they should have been in the first place, his people and Lot's people, they're, they're having issues because there's so many of them. There's so much going on and so they're having issues. It's overcrowded. There's too much blessing. And so they have... See, family, sometimes God, God's promises come in stages. Apparently, at this point, God could trust Abram with the riches. Apparently, at this point, God knows that he can trust Abram with finances. I won't even get into the tithing thing, but later on, he, he, he tithes. He, he gives, and this is before the law, this is before he, tith- he gives a tenth of, of the, the spoils. He gives a tenth of what he has. He, he's, God already knows that he can trust Abram in the finances. So Abram's blessed. Sometimes, church, we're focused on one area that we want, but we don't realize how blessed we already are. We can get so caught up on the I wants that we're not grateful for the I haves. Oh, come on. We, we say, God, I know, I know I have all of this, but, but that's the thing that I want. You know what I want, though. I know that I have all of this, but, but I want that. God, I want financial security is, is some of the prayers that you guys have. But I have health and I have joy, and I ha- but I want financial security. And some of you say, I, I got financial security, but I want health and I want joy. I want to be healthy and I want to have comfort and peace. But I ha- and some of you saying I don't have health and I don't got money. I don't got none of that. But I have a support system around me of friends and family that 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 people wish they could buy. I want that, but you're preparing me with this. Sometimes you can't get that until you've been faithful with this. I like it nice and quiet. Sometimes you can't get that. Until you're faithful. God says, listen, when you're faithful with the little, that's when God knows I can add to you. God says, when you're not faithful with the little, even the little that you have, I have to take from you. And that's why some of us end up right back to where we started. God had already brought us someplace. He already trusted us with some finances. He already trusted us with some favor. And and, no, we, and then the little that we had had to be taken away. Anybody had to hit reset and you're back here with the, without the favor, without the finances, without... And you're like, man, I'm, it's been 15 years. I'm back. Right? Because sometimes God says, I, I'm, I'm preparing you with this before I can get you to that. Amen? So be encouraged today, church. Don't, don't be discouraged. God says, I got you. Let's try this again. So so we, we we have to learn how to deal with the this before we can we can walk in that. Somebody say amen. amen. So Lot's of people are having issues with with his Abram's people, and so to keep the peace they part ways. He Abraham tells him, Listen, take take your pick of what side of the land you want. God said this is all ours. So take your, you want to go there, you want to go, you take your pick and, and take your people and go and that way, because see, they don't want to have friction amongst each other because remember, they're still living in a land where there's a lot of unsaved people, there's a lot of unchristian people and it's not good that, that those people would see them acting the same way that they act. See, some people will never become believers because of what they've seen believers become. They're watching us, and they watch us the way we still cheat at work, and the way we still cheat, and the way we still talk, and the way we still gossip, and the way we still backbite, and the way we still go around and manipulate, and the way we still... And they say, "I don't like you." You say you serve another god. You say you, but you just like me. You do the same things I do when I get into situations. And so, so saying, "Listen, it's better that we separate, so that you can live in peace, we can live in peace, and we don't have to be a bad testimony before people." Amen. So we, you, you might know that story, Lot. Lot chooses the land by Sodom. That's going to be an issue later on, but we don't have time to get into that. That's another message entirely. But the word says, check this out. This is where I want you to catch this one little piece of scripture. It says, as soon as Lot chose and left, God spoke to Abram again. Genesis thirteen fourteen. You can look at it for yourself. It says, the Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, He said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land that you see I'm going to give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth. He's saying your offspring. You you catch the promise. He's saying you're going to have children. I'm going to make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that it can, if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring can also be counted. If you can count dust, can you imagine? I mean, this is embarrassing, guys. But he's saying, if you can count the dust, then you'll be able to count your children. Verse 17, arise now and walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I'm going to give it to you. That's an awesome part of the promise, but I want you to catch the the phrase that says, after Lot had parted from him, God spoke to him. Family, sometimes the choices that we make, the people that we decide to partner with, the people who we surround ourselves with, they will hinder our communication with God. Sometimes God will wait till they're gone to speak to you. Come on. Esto está heavy. Come on. Look around you at who you're in communion with and then decide who you want to hear from more. Sometimes we have to choose. We can say, oh, but I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be alone. This dude's a jerk, but at least I'm, I have somebody to be with. She's a lying, cheating, but, but at least when she's with me, I'm happy, right? At least, right? I found her on Christian Mingle, so at least it's all good. Right? It can't be all bad. Sometimes God will wait till they're gone in order to speak to you. When we decide I need to speak to them more than I need to hear from you, then you made your bed. Amen? So now... Alright, back to Abram. <laughs> so about sobate. So it's going to be alright. So now, 11 years have gone by since the promise in chapter 12. 11 years have gone by since the promise in chapter 12. Abraham had been waiting for the promise to unfold for 11 years. Now, remember, he was 75 years old when he received the promise. And so we can understand the anxiety about the delay. Anybody? Yeah. I'd like to have children while I can still walk. Amen? (laughs) So so Abraham, so, you know, the possibilities are getting worse and worse and worse, right? And so Abraham decides to try to force the promise to unfold. Anybody ever try to help God with his promise? I'm guilty, man. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. God, you're probably real busy right now, so I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to just speak to this one, have this one speak to that one, and hook that up. And then when that blows up in my face, God, why you let this happen, God? Why, why, why you can't just keep your promise, God? Why you don't hurry? Why you don't answer me? Why you? And then we cry in the prophetic room to prayer people. Come on. But we try to help force God's promise, right? So let me, let me drop some deep theological Greek insight on you. That's no bueno. That's no bueno when we try to help God fulfill his promises, amen? So, all right, by Genesis 15, <coughs> Abraham had to go and fight some armies to rescue Lot. I told you, Lot was going to get him in trouble. Lot got captured by the king of Sodom, and, and, and Abraham had to go and fight all these armies. A, 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 a union of armies got together to, to, to take them. Abraham had to go and just kick everybody and, and rescue Lot. And God, and so then by Genesis 15, it, it, it's beautiful. God speaks to. To Abram, because Abram's done an awesome thing, and God speaks to him. But Abram has just fought against a, a, a union of all these countries that came together. Abraham went and kicked all their butts, and so now there's probably going to be some retaliation, right? There's probably those guys are going to want to come back after Abram, and so God speaks to, to to Abram in Genesis 15. He tells him, "Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great." Somebody say, that's awesome, right? That God will come and just Say, so listen, don't be scared. I'm going to protect you. Right? Thank you, Lord. Amen. But Abraham's response was like this you can find it in verse 2. He says, Oh, sovereign, good Lord, what good are all your blessings if I don't even have a son? God is dealing with something that, that should be heavy on his heart. Like you just had a war with somebody. These guys are all going to gather up and come against you to kill you now. They're going to kill you and take your family. They're going to take all your, the children of your children, you know, of your people. And they're, they're all going to be slaves. They're going to come and capture you. And God is coming to comfort Abram. And he's saying, listen, do not be afraid. I got your back. And Abram says, yeah, thank you for getting my back. But what about the promise that you made to me in the beginning? It's been 11 years, God. Where is my son? I don't have a son yet. Now, if we're honest, and I know most of us won't be, we know that response all too well. We say, God, you said you were going to provide, but I still don't have a job. God, you said I'd never be alone, but I can't find a husband. You... (laughs) Stop looking in the club. God didn't put him there. <laughs> Maybe you're looking in the wrong place. But anyway, that's a whole nother, That's another message. That's for the young adults. we say, we saying, God, you said I would be the head and not the tail, but I didn't get that promotion at work. I love that Abram is honest. He's saying, God, all these other promises are great. Thank you for your protection. They're wonderful. I'm grateful all day. All day I'm grateful, God. But the one promise that means so much to me, I still don't have it. And right now, it seems almost impossible at this point, God. And so it's hard for me to believe in your other promises when that one promise is still outstanding and that one promise seems impossible right now. Because I don't have a son and so Abram starts thinking, and again, he's trying to help God along. He, he's trying to help God. Listen, God doesn't need a loophole to get out of your, his promise that he made to you. But we, we do that. We say, oh, God, maybe you were probably thinking you... And so he says, and, and Abram says, well, my servant is going to inherit all of this, so maybe through my servant, through the offspring of my servant, this, you know, your promises, the wonderful father of nations, whatever, it'll be through my servant, and and, 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 and if you... if. If what you said, God, doesn't work, maybe, you know, my servant. And even in the next chapter, Abram and his wife, they that was plan B. And in the, in the next chapters, Abram and his wife, they come up with plan C. They said, well, uh, how about this? How about you sleep with my maidservant? I can't have kids. So how about you sleep with my maidservant, and then that'll still be your kid. And so technically, we're still under the promise, right? Because it'll be your kid. But that was plan C. Right? And, so, and so she lets him sleep, and, and he's all too happy. But, oh, okay, I'll sleep with the maid. Come on, Margarita. And, 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 um, you know, but, but I love the scriptures. That, I love that the scriptures record the way Abram spoke to God. I'm going to show you why. Uh, Guzik, a, a commentator that I love to read, he says, he puts it this way, Abram's honesty before the Lord is worthy of our imitation. Instead of bottling up his feelings, he lays them out before the Lord. Does Abram's question mean that he doubts God's promise? Yes. But there's a difference between a doubt that denies and a doubt that desires. Come on, you got you to hear this. There's a doubt that we have that denies God's promise. God, you're never going to do this for me. I doubt that you could ever... And then and then there's a doubt that 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 desires it. Abraham is saying, God, I, I want to believe this so bad. I want to believe you. Help me, God. you got to help me to believe. It's like the man in Mark, Mark 9, right? He, he had a son, and, and the son was, was, was always possessed by this demon, and, and he would have um, uh, uh, seizures and fall all over the floor and try to throw himself in the fire all the time. And the disciples prayed for, for the son, and they couldn't do anything. And so the father comes, and he tells Jesus, Jesus, this happens to my son all the time. If you can help. And Jesus says, if. If I can help. (laughs) I love that, right? The word says, Jesus says, if I can help. And Jesus tells him, anything is possible if you believe. Anything is possible if you believe. And I love the response. The man says, Jesus, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. See, that's a doubt that doesn't deny the promise. He's saying, God, I don't think you can do it. He's saying, God, I know you can do it, but help me to believe that you can do it. Help me to with my unbelief, amen? And, and, and Jesus helped him, and then he delivered, and he healed his son, and, and it was an, it's an amazing story, but you have to love that God tolerates the way we speak to him sometimes. Isn't that amazing? You got to love that God tolerates. If you talk to somebody else like that... <laughs> There'll be some smacking going on. What? what? If you talk to anybody else like that, you say, yeah, come on, man. You say you're going to do, but you ain't do nothing. You ain't going to do nothing, man. You ain't do nothing. I've been waiting all day. All day I'm waiting. You gotta love that that, that that God that God tolerates that. And so so with Moses, he, he's saying, listen, Moses, God, I know that you said I was gonna be the father of many nations, but but maybe you meant this, or maybe, maybe you meant it this way, and 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 you know, you I I know you said this, but maybe you meant that. And like a loving God, like a loving father, God tells him, Abram, go outside your tent. So Abram goes outside the tent, and he tells him, now, now look up. And I believe that that night God put extra stars in the sky. I believe that night the, the, the sky was the clearest it has ever been. There was millions and millions of stars that he could see right from where he's standing. He tells him, go outside. And he tells him, you're going to have his whole, I, I just picture the father holding the son outside by the tent. And he says, look up. And he tells him, by the way, you're going to have a son. It's going to be your son going to come through you and if you can count the stars in the sky then you'll be able to count your offspring so before he told him if you can count the dust now he looks up i love that god is so illustrative amen he said listen look up into the heavens and count the stars your descendants are going to be like that they're going to be too many to count church there's some promises that you can walk in today and there's some promises that god has to prepare you for being prepared for the promise. Okay, let me fast forward to the rest of the story and end it real quick. By, by chapter 17, Abraham was 99 years old. Somebody say, that's a viejo. I'm sorry if there's any 99-year-olds in here. God bless you. You're a viejo, but you're strong. Abraham was a viejo, 99 years old. It had now been at this point, ready for this? This is going to hurt. Twenty-four years since the promise. Twenty-four years since giving of the promise. Another 12 years have passed now. And and, and, and you can say, man, but, but, but it, it can't be wrong. God keeps showing up every couple years and just reaffirming the promise. And God keeps showing up. And this is not like through a, a, a prophetic team someplace. This is God is showing up and telling them. This is God all showing up and telling him, this is the promise I have for you, right? And so by this time, God shows up again after, after 24 years of promise. God shows up again and he tells them the same promise. And the word says that Abraham and Sarah, they believe it with all their heart. They've matured now. They've, they've been seasoned. They've seen God's blessing. They've seen, they seen God take care of situations. I mean, you know, when you're, you're a mature saint, you know, you've seen God do things. You don't, under, don't ever underst- think that you're going to understand everything that God does. There's going to be some things you're still not going to understand. You're going to say, I, I, I don't understand why I had to lose my father so early. I don't understand why. I lost my wife, so I don't understand why. And, and there's going to be things you're not going to understand, but but understand that as you get and you're mature and you start walking, you start to see, man, you know, God has a way of working things out. And so at this point, God gives them the promise again, and it says, Abraham and Sarah, man, they believe it, but at this point, they are so past childbearing years, she is, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? They are so past childbearing years that at this point the word tells us that they both in their own way and in separate places, they laugh at God. Or they laugh with God. Not laugh at him in a bad way, but they laugh. Like, come on, God. I really? God, I love you. I believe you. But come on. I'm going to have kids like the stars. And then, and then Sarah says, <laughs> People are going to laugh at me. Are you serious? A lady this old is going to have a baby and she laughs. It says that they laugh. You ever thought that some things you were believing God for were laughable? You ever thought, like, God, come on, at this point, really? I felt like that when God wanted me to pastor a church. I said, like, come on. <laughs> really, me? You, you know I didn't go to Bible school, right? <laughs> you know I didn't finish college, right? I mean, I visited once, but <laughs> I, I bought the sticker for my car, but you know I actually didn't go, right? You, you know that, right, God? Some of the, some of the things that, you know, is laughable, right? But you ready for the end? Genesis 21, Sarah, Sarai now has a son. Sarah has a son, and God said, name him Isaac. God said, your wife is going to have a son by this time next year. And, you know, that all happens. And at this point, and he says, name the son Isaac. You know what I find fascinating here is, is that both Abraham and Sarah, they've laughed with God, and God took their laughter and made it a part of the promise. Isaac means laughter. Isn't that beautiful? Lee, come. Come. I want to close with one last story. And in, in some ways, it's, it's the same story in a different time. Because it, it's so amazing that so many of our stories, we're reading the story about Abraham and, and God's promise, but so many of our stories, don't, don't our stories kind of fit right in with this story? And you can say, this is a story a thousand years ago. I can, and, and this is a whole another time. And this is a whole another culture. This is a whole nother type of people. This is a whole nother. But, but how many of you really say, man, but, but that's, that's my story. Somebody say, I've been waiting for a promise for 20 years. God, I've been waiting for, for, for something, right? So, I, 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 the, the, church, there's some promises today that you can walk in, and then there's some promises that God prepares you for. But I want you to be encouraged today. There's a promise in each and every one of us, and God is preparing us for it. Listen to this.
1: Sixteen years ago, God gave me a promise that one day he would bring me back to my dream of becoming a becoming a successful recording artist. When I was 17, I, find my, I found myself in the center of the music industry. I had everything I could have ever wanted in the palm of my hand. I was surrounded by some of the most successful recording artists and executives in the entertainment world at the time. A world-renowned record label had approached me and invited me to come sit with them and talk. At the same time, I had just gotten saved. And I heard God say, Come out from among them and learn of me and my ways. Learn how to sing for me. I obeyed him and I stepped away to leave it all behind to follow after Jesus. Everyone around me, especially my friends in church, thought that I was crazy. They thought that I had taken this religious thing too far. But I knew that I had heard the Lord calling me into a land that I did not know. And I was totally convinced and convicted that he who promised was faithful. I believed that he would bring me back to what I had laid down to follow him. My faith was ripe and my courage was emblazoned in my trust in God's will. I purposed in my heart to see the promise fulfilled. I wasn't scared to journey there until I looked around me and found absolutely no success at all. In fact, I was constantly misjudged for my motive to sing, and I was fiercely criticized that my passion for Jesus was just too much. That I was just too worshipy. So in turn, and not here, but in turn, I would get my mic shut off. But I worshiped anyway. And people still came and said, wow, you blessed me in your worship. And I was like, how? They didn't even hear me sing. But it wasn't about hearing me sing. It was about my relationship with God was resonating to the people. So the Lord had allowed great victories and adversity along the way, and at times I refused to see how everything would take me into my destiny. Just like Abraham, I was blessed richly, and although I've been blessed with five beautiful, healthy, smart children good personal health, a faithful husband, a nurturing church to grow in, an amazing job, and many rare life-changing opportunities, I have still at times felt forgotten about by God because I just wasn't seeing this promise materialize quick enough for me. Several years ago, I had an opportunity. Um, I, was, I was asked to come um, record a televised show for a well-known Christian broadcasting network. Uh, While in my dressing room, a minister approached me and gave me this word. He said, whatever you do, do not get fixated on this moment. There is something much bigger for you to accomplish, something you cannot do on your own. If you could, you wouldn't need God for it. I was humbled to say the least, and I received what he had said. So, as I took each opportunity God provided, I learned how to shift my perspective. And it was a conscious choice that I had to constantly make every time I would feel myself going, you know, into a depression. So it was either sink or swim. I would either be depressed, believing things, that wouldn't, believing things would never change, or I would stand my ground and not back down and remember why I was following after Jesus in the first place. I'm a stubborn one. And that man right there can attest to that. But... It was in this mindset that I fixed myself to hold on to the promises and not let go. So I encourage you this morning to choose to swim in the deep graces of God. See, before my encounter with Jesus, it was all about me. My stardom, my fame, my money, my success. But what I slowly realized was that God loved me so much that he grabbed a hold of me and my heart just in the nick of time. I'm convinced that the world and all its charm would have spit me, chewed me up and spit me out, but God spared me from humiliation and degradation. He's taught me through this experience of waiting to call on wisdom so I don't look like a fool. He's taught me how to speak and when to keep silent, although my husband may argue with that one, but you know, I'm still, everybody's a work in progress. Back in the day, I was a spitfire, so I had absolutely no filter at all and just said whatever I thought, and suffice to say, I got myself in a lot of trouble for it. My face ate some concrete at one point for that, too. Jesus taught me how to value the knowledge I gained from every experience, how to tuck it away in the deep recesses of my heart, and how to use it as personal reference when dealing with difficulties. I realized that being able to bounce back from hardship, poverty, conflict, and emotional and spiritual abuse wasn't just for my survival or my glory. It wasn't so I could pat myself on the back at the end of the day and proclaim proclaim how strong of a person I had become. No rather it was to comfort the hurting, to give hope to the hopeless and broken, to produce in me a compassion for dying souls to sing a song for the lost and hurting, to clothe the naked, to feed the poor, to plead the case of the orphan, and to bring justice to the oppressed, to see captives freed and the outcast healed and brought into the fold. So although it's taken a strong resolve and steadfast spirit to follow after Christ from my promise, it has led me into so much more than I could have ever imagined, more than I could have ever taught myself. About two weeks ago, another door opened. This time I had the opportunity to have a private audition for a very popular primetime network television show. The whole story behind it was mind-blowing. The whole story. It was a testimony in and of itself. I didn't seek after the opportunity. It came right to the front door of my life. The fruit leading up to it led me closer to God in the months of preparation it sparked an excitement for God's promises again you know I said oh well surely I'm fully prepared for this because I've been waiting for 16 years so yes God you're gonna do it and there's nothing wrong with being filled with faith and trying it one more time amen so I get to this audition and I know God has opened the door and like I said it was a testimony and this testimony made several people that I know cry and even made me cry and I get there I do everything that I'm supposed to do, it looks like it's all gonna happen, and then as as fast as the door open is as quick as it's shut in my face. And I was left almost numb. Like, I was confused, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa hold on. Like, what just happened here? How did, how did this, I don't, I don't get it, I really. And you know, I, I sat there and I was like, I came home and my husband was like, I was like, I, I didn't get the audition. He was like, what? You serious? Like, you lying, right? You lying, like I had several people tell me you lying right like you're joking and I was like no I didn't get it and nobody could believe it because I'm telling you if I told you the whole background story of it you would have been like you getting this thank you for all my cheerleaders in here that encouraged me thank you You, you, you." so but nevertheless you know I came home and and I started to feel confused about my faith like I was like maybe I'm not Maybe I don't believe, like maybe my faith ain't right, like maybe there's something wrong with me, maybe I'm just not hearing God, but then I was like, hold on a second, the Bible says my sheep know my voice, and another they will not follow, so I, but I know that I know the voice of Jesus, like I know that I do, so I don't understand God, so I was talking to my husband, and you know, he's a good one for the truth, I mean you need to know (laughs) the real for real, please just go ask him, he won't have a problem telling you. So anyway, we're talking, and you know, and he says to me, "Well, you know, he's like maybe maybe God's trying to challenge your faith." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "You know, all the time, all these years that you've been waiting," he said, "You've always had these kinds of testimonies." He said, "You'd hear from God, you'd believe for it, the door would, you know, the door would open, you'd walk in, it'd be like." A success, you'd go before the, you know, and then I was like, yeah, that's true. And I, you know, I'd go before the people and I'd share the testimony and people would laugh and people would cry and people would clap. And then I'd go home and be like, wow, thank you, Lord. Like, and it was so amazing, right? But this time, it didn't look like that. So my husband was like, so now just because it doesn't look like every single time in the past, now you're going to say God didn't do this for you? Mm. And I was like, okay. I didn't want to hear it at the moment. I did not want to hear what he had to say. But I tell you, it was like, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It it was real hard for me to swallow. But when I looked, I was like, wait a second. All right. I'm like, okay, wait a second. This is, because I know I will take it to my grave. God opened this door for me. So I'm up here last Sunday. I'm up here last Sunday. and, um, And I hear the Lord say, as we were finishing worship, I hear the Lord say, construct. Construct. And I was like. Do I say that now? Like, because you know, you all were sitting here, so I was just like, well, maybe this is a word for the church. Like, but then I heard, but then it was like the Spirit, you know, the Spirit of God just kind of stilled me, like, you know, shh, don't say nothing right now. Like, this is for you. I was like, all right. So, Pastor Gary had asked me to preach on Wednesday, and as I was preparing what I was going to say, that word came back to me, construct. And I was like, huh? So, I looked it up in the dictionary. It it means to make or form by combining or arranging parts or elements. (laughs) And I could hear the Holy Spirit begin to minister to me. And he was saying, don't you see that I'm taking all the bits and I'm taking all the pieces and I'm arranging and I'm rearranging and I'm organizing and I'm shifting and I'm putting everything in its place for you. He says, will you just believe me that I'm going to do it? I know you've waited all this time. I know that you've cried. And I know that people have done you wrong. Yeah. And I know yeah. that people have ostracized you. And I know that people have criticized you. And I know people have misjudged you. And I know that the door feels like it's closed forever, but it's not. Because Romans 8.28, I'm working all things together yeah. for the good who love God and are yeah. called according to his purposes. And the Lord began to just minister to me and began began to sit in my spirit and it began to resonate in me. And the Lord began to say, what about the contrast? You know, you're not, you know, the contrast is what makes things beautiful. And I was saying on Wednesday night, how when we have beautiful victories that are filled with light and filled with glory. And then we have these really dark days that are like disgusting and gray and dark and ugly. But when you combine the two and make such a beautiful design, it makes such a beautiful picture, such a beautiful vision of the glory of God, because it can't be beautiful without the darkness and it can't be beautiful without the light. And although there's sin in this world, God said, I haven't forgotten about the promises. Although I blessed you with all these things, I know this is the one thing that you desire. I'm telling you, I've sat in churches where I would go up to the front or I'd be called out by some prophet and I I tell you over the past sixteen years, it's happened even more than five times. Where I would say nothing to the person, where they would come to me and literally begin to weep, and they'd be like, It's so big, it's so big. And they would weep and like wail and cry out and intercede over me. And all these years I felt like I was walking through a desert, and I'm like, What you mean? It's so big. What is so big? Me sitting in my project apartment with you know no room for my kids in my house. Like, what is so big? Me sitting here in poverty because I can't afford and I got to feed my kids rice, because that's real. I mean, it was to the point where I was just like, I had to depend on the provision of God. I had to depend for people, for God to put it on someone's heart, to buy my kids waffles and milk and all the things that my kids needed. Even for a period of time, I had nothing. We were so low on finances that there was this woman who knew nothing about our situation in my old church. And every single week, this woman would bring bottles and Pampers and snacks and all the things that I couldn't afford. The whole way through I've seen the provision of God. And the whole way through we stood faithful. And we even had pastors and ministers and people say to me and my husband, what are you still doing in the house of God? What are you even still doing in church? With the way that they've treated you, with the way that you've been spoken against, with how they've tried to destroy your ministry, with how that church has destroyed, tried to destroy your marriage, what are you still doing? And all I would say is, he who is faithful has promised me that I would walk into the promised land. And I'm telling you, I tell you this, I was not, and I'll tell you this, I I was not born I was not born, sold into this country, orphaned two times, almost had my life taken, raped by a man who had HIV, survived and overcame all that to stand here and tell you that I wouldn't walk into my promised land. And although I have not seen it, although it's not materialized in front of me but i tell you the blessings and the preparation because now i know that my purpose is to free the captive now i know that i'm supposed to clothe the naked now i know i'm supposed to feed the hungry now i know if i ever get a platform in this world and so i can speak on behalf of the orphan <laughs> and so Come i can on. bring justice to the oppressed before, I had no idea why God was saying, I will bring you back one day. But I am just like Abraham. I laid down Isaac at the altar and I said, Lord, this is my dream. This is my destiny, but I'm giving it to you. And it was not easy. It was not easy to walk away from everything I could have ever wanted. Ever was right in, I was in the midst of it. But Jesus said that if you cannot forsake and walk away from everything to follow me, I cannot call you my disciple. And I had too much of a love experience with Jesus to forbid him to, to, to give up everything for his namesake and for his glory. And like I said, Even though I have seen great victory, I'm telling you, I stand humbled. For those of you who know me in this room know that I have been given opportunities that few in this lifetime ever receive. And for that, I am deeply humbled and I am grateful before God. But there is something specific that I am waiting on God for And this past week, in the beginning of the week, my boss came in and said something to me. And in this week, I've heard three testimonies from Josh, and then Vanessa and I were talking this morning, and she just reaffirmed it. I was talking to my boss. Now, when I say my boss, please, in your head, know that my boss is Jesus. Okay, so know that the Spirit of God will use the things that are in the natural to speak to the things that are in the spiritual. So my boss comes in. There's been a lot of crazy stuff going out in my job, and he says to me, So I just want to let you know that um, there are going to be a lot of changes. A lot of changes are about to happen. And I was like, okay. He's like, but I just want you to know, you know, next year you're up for a raise, and you're going to get this, and I'm going to give you your own office, and you're going to have that. And I'm like, okay. And he's like... I was like, yeah, it's kind of crazy in here. He says, yeah, but he said, don't do nothing different. He said, whatever you do, just keep doing what you're doing. He said, just don't do anything different. He said, keep doing what you're doing because changes are coming. And that is the word that I give you this morning is don't do nothing different. Keep doing what you're doing because changes are about to come because the shift is already in place because this man has stood prophetically and heard from the Lord to speak to you about the promises of God, not to give you you a fluffy message. Not so that you could go out and share something cute with your friends and your co-workers to bring them to Jesus. No, it's because it's the season to declare that the promises of God are about to come to pass in our lives. I am not the only one in this room that has been sitting and has been waiting. I am not the only one that has cried out in the midnight hour and said, Lord, I don't care how dark it becomes, I will stand on your word. I am, no, I am not the only one. If that's been you, stand up to your feet. Because I'm telling you that just like my boss said, you just keep doing what you're doing because your boss in heaven declares to you today, keep doing what you're doing because changes are about to come. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Lift your hands. We thank you right now, God. We thank you that changes are coming. We thank you that just like I heard a woman say two weeks ago, the expiration date on certain trials, the expiration date on certain tragedies, the expiration date has come. And, Lord, the winds of change are here, and you're blowing your wind in our favor this morning, God. You are blowing the winds of favor over the Sanctuary Fellowship Church, not only over the corporate, house but on the internal intimate houses of who we are God you are pouring out your blessing there are resources there are there is support There is blessing of finances, there is blessing, spiritual blessings. There are blessings that are going to (laughs) flow just in the promised land. They're going to flow into the land of milk and honey. And that's where we're going to abide Jesus. And no matter what we see and no matter what we're facing, if we have to try it again, we're going to try it again. We're going to swim in your deep graces. We're going to believe and know God that you have not left us that you have never forsaken us. You are watching carefully over your word to perform it. And as you prepare our hearts, let us continue to stand in the center of your will, knowing that there is no safer place, knowing that there is no greater place to be found. God, we lift you up this morning and we thank you for these promises in Jesus' name.
0: Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah 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 genesis 22 abram gets his promise he gets isaac and god appears to him and said now give me your promise give him back to me i want to speak to you today and just say come on it's time to give our promise back to god it's time to trust god for the future. The problem that Abram had this whole 25 years is that he couldn't trust God fully for the future. He could only trust him for things. He could only trust him to a certain extent. By, by Genesis 22, after 25 years of being prepared for the promise, when God told him, now give him back to me, Abraham grabbed Isaac and walked to the mountain and he was about to, to, to sacrifice the promise that God him, gave him. Genesis 22 isn't about child sacrifice. That's not something God desires. That's not something God even gives us. When God wanted a sacrifice, He became the sacrifice for us. But Genesis 22 is about us being willing to trust God for the future. It's about being willing to trust God with, a, with everything that we ever wanted. It's about being willing to, to say, God, you order my steps. If that's your prayer today, would you come forward and let's worship together.
2: Stand. I felt in your peace. It's overwhelming. I wanna sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you and read, hear your heart beat. This love is so deep. More than I can stand I'm in your peace It's overwhelming so Whether you're up here right now Or you're back there If, if you're making a decision right now that you're going to believe for the impossible if you see nothing if your eyes are blinded with pain if it's been years you've been walking through the desert but you're agreeing with God today that not one of those situations changes the fact that He is in control He is still God and He is a God that keeps His promises He is not a man that he should lie. If he promised you a mate, a spouse, he's going to bring that promise to completion. If he said he's going to heal your body, he's going to save your marriage. He's going to give you the promotion, the financial breakthrough. And you're saying, God, I believe, just lift your hand to heaven right now saying, God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't see anything. But God, I'm trusting in you. You're going to bring it to completion. He began a good work and he's faithful. Every word, every promise, his promises, the Bible says, I yes and amen. So Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I pray for these your people, oh God. Oh God. For these your children, Lord God. Father, we've been waiting, Lord God. We've been waiting on you, Lord. We've been through the desert. We've been going round the mountain, oh God. become weary, Lord God, but God, you said in your word that you would do what you said that you would do, that you are faithful, so God, I pray for each one right now, Lord God, Father, I, I release the promise over your life, just take it right now, take that healing in your body. Jesus' name. Believe the promise that God is going to bring you the husband. He's going to bring you the wife. He's going to save your children. He's given you the promotion. He promised. He's going to release you into that ministry. He's going to heal your depression. Believe it. Take it right now. Now in Jesus' name. Pull it down from heaven.